Man, you know, as we've already said today, that word unexpected is a big deal, right? Like we're living in a world right now where just a lot of unexpected things have happened. And as we think about that first century, and we think about Jesus coming, as Joe mentioned, Jesus was expected to come in a very different way. They thought he was going to come as this conquering political leader. He was going to overthrow Rome and save the Israelites. But he came in such a different way. And he did the things God said he was going to do, but it was just unexpected to so many. And in that first century, he came and the events surrounding his coming were mind-blowing. And then him living in obscurity for 30 years and then becoming this amazing figure that would walk around and heal people and, and bind up the brokenhearted and then eventually him giving his life. Everything was unexpected, but also his teachings were unexpected. Loving your neighbor and blessing those who curse and And thinking of others as better than yourself and washing the feet of those that would betray you. I mean, just the things that he did and the way that he lived was all unexpected. And I think about the world that we live in now and I think about how unexpected everything has been in this last season. How none of us imagined that the things that would have taken place in the last 20 months specifically would have taken place. You know, you think about even just some of the silly things, the shortages, you know, the shortages from everything from toilet paper to automobile parts. And now I'm hearing cream cheese. Have you guys heard this? Apparently there's a cream cheese shortage. Who knew we needed so much cream cheese in the world? I think about what's been impacting our students and, and people at schools and work. I think about how weird that's been. I think about, some of you guys still ask me on this, so I'll just fill you in, you know, the fact that I was like the Dr. Pepper, like, logo man of the world, and now I have uh, stopped liking it ever since going through corona. I know it's, it's shocking. Fox News, CNN's been reporting on it. It's been getting the word out there. I actually uh, heard some experts in the field put together a bar graph for us, and so uh, the blue is pre-COVID Doug and sales of Dr. Pepper, and the orange is post-COVID. It's crazy. That, that's what's shaking the market right now in this last season. But man, none of us expected so many of the things that happened in this last season. I think about the loss. I think about the ups and downs. I think about the uncertainty. I think about the emotional stuff all going on on the inside of us. We're still trying to catch up with some of that and figure some of it out. Division about so many things in our world. And I think that the unexpected things we've been through have led to some uncertainty, hasn't it? As we think about the future, will, will toilet paper and automobile parts and cream cheese ever return? Will the jobs in school feel like they used to? Will the nation be united again? Will our, heal, our hearts heal up from some of the things we've been through? You know, it was this day last year that my wife got a phone call that I might not make it. That was the first we heard of that. A doctor walked into my room either today or tomorrow and told me we've done everything we know to do and, and uh, now we're just going to see what happens. The most shocking thing that's ever been said to me in my life. And I think about all that we've walked through and I think about all the unexpected and certain things. And I kind of think about a jack in the box. And some of you now have anxiety right now welling up inside of you. As I was trying to get a jack in the box for this service, I was just texting different families in the church and I kept hearing back, oh no, we don't have one. We don't have one. We're scared to death of those things. And I think it's mainly because of that right there, that little jump. We don't know. We don't know what to expect. We are uncertain about what's coming. And I think things that, and it's just Mickey, by the way. It's, it's all good, everybody. Not even a clown in there. I think that we're just afraid of what we don't know what to expect and, and uncertain things in our lives. And that's been so much of life. And so though our lives are going through some unexpected situations and some uncertain situations, there's those two words we've been bringing up today, but there's one word I really want to celebrate the rest of our time together here today. And I would love for you and I to celebrate that throughout our Christmas season. 
And, and though uncertainty and unexpected situations really characterize our world right now, can we just celebrate together that over the last five years, no, let's go back 50 years, no, let's go back 2,000 years, even back to the beginning of time, and even after time has ended as we know it, there's one word that characterizes our God, and it's this word faithful, amen? Faithful. We have a faithful God in the midst of it all. He always has been and he always will be. And there's a lot of crazy things happening in our world, but we want to celebrate today the faithfulness of God. So I need you to say a word with me, all right? It's a word you don't know. It's a word in a whole other language. Can you guys say this with me? Pistos. That word is the Greek word for faithful, and it means being worthy of belief or trust, trustworthy, faithful, and dependable. That is our God. That is just who he is. You know, in the Bible, John gets a revelation of Jesus in heaven, and it's, it's, it's an incredible book of the Bible to try to read through and study, but one of the things that I love is in that book, he talks about the fact that Jesus has called something. He's actually called faithful. Those characteristics of who God is cause this name to come, this nickname to come, Faithful. You know, a lot of us have different characteristics, and maybe we've got nicknames over our lives. Um, you know, somebody's got nice eyelashes. It's, what's up, you lashes? Uh, my dad's tall. So people call him Stretch. Uh, you know, there's different names that come with different characteristics. For example, I have a certain physical characteristic that I get a lot of nicknames off of. Um, it starts with the word B, and I'm sure that you've probably thought this about me, or maybe you're even seeing it right now about me. And of course, the nickname that comes with it is the word bodybuilder. Yeah, that's what I was. Oh, you weren't thinking that word? I don't know why there's laughter going on right now. Okay. Yeah, of course, the word is bald, right? And in fact, one of the, the ladies in our church said that her little daughter, Emma, was recently playing with some of her Barbie dolls, and one of them didn't have any hair. And so she said, look, Dad, uh, Mom, it's Pastor Doug. And just like that characteristic of me kind of lends to some nicknames. In fact, I had no clue I was going to be featured in the Christmas special with the Christmas bald pastor calendar. How wonderful was that? I had no idea about that. In the same way, our amazing Savior comes with this beautiful characteristic of faithfulness. And so today we want to celebrate some of this. And it's so important because of the uncertainty and the unexpected situations we find ourselves in. In fact, some of you guys may have woken up today or recently with some questions on your mind. You may have said, where are God's promises now? Like in the midst of all we've gone through, where's his faithfulness? Some of you may have said, God, do you even know what my pain level is at? Do you even understand what we're going through? Some of you may have said, God, what have you done for me? What have you done for me? With all the things that have gone wrong and all the things that have gone poorly in the last season, what have you done that I could celebrate today? So we're going to look at some snapshots of the life of Jesus today. You know, around Christmas time, I think we all think about some of the snapshots we experience of, of family life. You know, there are different high water marks, some different exciting times we experience. You know, here's a, uh, this first picture. For some reason, it didn't translate right, very well onto the screen, but this is Kelly and I, our first um, Christmas dating together. We weren't married or engaged yet. I have another picture here. This is uh, just a few days before our wedding. My wife and my sister are sitting there and, and getting the apartment ready in our little basement apartment we were going to live in. And then this last picture is of our wedding day, and this is the pre um, bald and possibly bodybuilder days um, there. And so those are some fun experiences that will bring up a lot. You know, remember moving into the apartment, that was a, a snapshot of our life. There's another snapshot I want to give you. This is, first one is of my son, Kate, a little snapshot of two-year-old Kate here. You guys can enjoy this video. Hey, Kate, did we go to a restaurant yesterday with Ian? And what'd you guys do? Hey, no, 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 no
Kate's getting bigger? And my muscles. <laughs> and my muscles. That's right. And my head. Your head's getting bigger. And I eat time. Uh-huh. And, and I have put my hand and I have little bedrooms and I do a time and I told mom I had a bedroom and had a party. Whoa, no way. Now we quote that video all the time. I wash my hands and I gotta go to the bathroom. So much fun. Here's a little snapshot of my daughter Bryn singing happy birthday to her cousin Liam. Birthday, yeah, 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 happy birthday, ay, 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 yeah, God blessings on you, Liam, you, 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 he loves you, he loves you, happy birthday, Liam, I have a surprise for you, happy birthday, God blessings on you. Have good, have a good day, have a good birthday. Do you eat good stuff? It makes me hungry. <laughs> Another one we quote quite a bit. Do you eat good stuff? Makes me hungry. And lastly, a little clip of my buddy Landon. We love God. That's what you're saying? Wait, do more. How about Jesus? Okay. <laughs> yeah, how about more? Nope. Is that your guitar? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I love that last one. He really goes for it. But these are snapshots of our family's life. And today I want to give you three snapshots of the life of Jesus. And some of them are going to be early on in the Christmas story. And some of them are going to be a little bit later in his life. But they all scream out of the faithfulness of God. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're so glad you are here. You're watching online. It's amazing to have you guys joining us today. And I want you to know that the faithfulness of God matters to you. You might be like, I don't even know if I believe in God. I don't know if I believe in Jesus. Why would it matter to me? Well, we're going to see today how important the faithfulness of God is for you, even if you don't know Jesus or don't follow him. And so everybody say, snapshot one. Oh, you guys are good, man. Snapshot one is this. Jesus was faithful to fulfill the promises of God. We see that throughout the whole Christmas story, that Jesus was faithful to the promises of God. God had promised some powerful things about the redemption of mankind, and Jesus was faithful to fulfill those promises. And that's really important because some of you guys woke up today saying, God, where are your promises now? With all the pain we're experiencing in life, where are you right now? Where are those promises, and where's your faithfulness to those promises? I love this phrase keeps coming up in the book of Matthew. It's this phrase, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. In other words, God had spoken through guys like Isaiah and David and Micah, and then now Jesus was coming to to, to make good on those promises. And so we're going to look here in Matthew 1. Mary has become pregnant supernaturally through the Holy Spirit. Joseph's, you know, very suspicious of this. So God says an angel to tell Joseph it's okay. Look at Matthew 1 verse 20. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Say Jesus 
because he will save his people from their sins. The angel has already showed us a promise that God was sending Jesus to come make good on. He, she, he had already spoken about a promise Jesus was going to come fulfill, which was to remove our sins. In fact, the name Jesus means Yahweh saves or God of salvation. This is transliterated. When you transliterate from the Aramaic and the Hebrew, you get the word Yeshua. And Yeshua is a combination of Yah. Everybody say Yah. Yah is an abbreviation for Yahweh, the God of Israel. And then Yasha, say Yasha. Yasha is this incredible, beautiful word, which means to rescue, deliver, and save. And so this is where Jesus comes from. You've got Yah, name of Israel's God. You've got Yasha, rescuer, deliverer, and save. Now Jesus means Yahweh saves. Yahweh is salvation. Do you know that every time you say the name of Jesus, whether you're praying, you're singing it out, you're sharing your faith with a friend, you're writing it down, you're reading it off the page, every single time that word Jesus jumps out or jumps off your mouth, you're literally saying, God of salvation, God who saves. And this is what Jesus has come to do. The next verse in Matthew 1, verse 22 says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. There it is. All this happened because God promised it. And then it goes on and we see one of the promises. Verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so Jesus is his name, but one of his titles is Emmanuel, God with us. And we could keep going. We don't have time today, but we could keep going through Matthew 1 and Matthew 2 and finding more phrases that come right along that where it says things like, this all happened to fulfill what God said through the prophets. Promise after promise is a part of Jesus coming. And Jesus came to fulfill those promises. I want to tell you today, the coming of Jesus at Christmas time is God shouting to the world, I am faithful. I'm faithful to the promises. And this is really important because it means he's still faithful to the promises he's made to you and me. He's, he said, hey, I'm never gonna leave you or forsake you. Don't you believe for a minute that God has forsaken you? He, he said, nothing can separate you from my love. Don't believe for a second you've been separated from God's love. That's some pain you've experienced in this last season. That's some hardship you've experienced in this last season. It means God's forgotten you. I spoke with two people after the first service who were about to lose their jobs. And I told them, the same faithful God you've known is going to carry you however this thing plays out. This same faithful God is going to walk with you. He's going to be with you. He's going to provide for you, lead you, and direct you because he has promised to do those things for you. And that's the truth for every single one of us here in the room today. That God is a promise keeper. And so snapshot one is Jesus was faithful to fulfill the promises of God. Everybody say snapshot two. Snapshot two is this, Jesus was faithful to identify with our pain. Some of you might say, what does Jesus know about my pain? Come on, what does he really know about me? What does he know about what I've been through, where I've walked, and the hard things I've, I've been through in my lifetime? Well, the, the story of Jesus coming is full of proof that Jesus knows what we've walked through in our lives. I want you to think about this for a minute. Buckingham Palace has 773 rooms. It is 829,000 square feet. There are 78 bathrooms in Buckingham Palace. I think I know where all the toilet paper went. Right? There's a toilet paper shortage here because Alfred's got it all over there. The Madrid Palace is 1,450,000 square feet. And oh, the royal family there doesn't live there. They only use it for ceremonial events. Why do I bring this up? Because... Palaces are built for kings. Palaces are built for royalty. 
But our Savior, our sweet Savior, didn't come and live in a palace that had 78 bathrooms where he could choose to relieve himself. No, he came in a lowly little manger, feet from where animals were relieving themselves. You, you want to know what Jesus knows about your pain? He was born right into this world, just like you and I. He understands what it feels like to be betrayed. He understands what it feels like to hurt. He understands what it feels like to lose a loved one. He understands what it's like for his body to hurt. Look, let's look a little deeper into this manger. Look, Luke 2, verse 6. When they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. Everybody say manger. Because there was no guest room available for them. That word manger comes from the Latin word mundacari, which means, listen, to eat. Everybody say to eat. That's important in just a minute. The manger where Jesus was laid was a feeding trough. The animals would come to eat. That's going to matter in just a minute. Do you know that the town Bethlehem where Jesus was born means house of bread? you got a manger, meaning to eat. You've got the name of the town, house of bread. And you've got a savior coming who would eventually call himself the bread of life. I want to tell you something. Jesus came and he walked in our shoes to draw us close to him, to draw us near to him. He relates to us in our pain so that we're drawn close to him when we're in pain. And he also offers to give us something to eat. He offers so much more than the daily bread that we are relying on every day, but he gives us supernatural food, right? Spiritual food, food for our souls, things like peace and joy and self-control and love and compassion and mercy and forgiveness. And these things, he's saying, come to me for them. Come to me for them. Come eat. Come to the manger. Come eat. You know, why did he come as a baby? Why did he have to feel what we felt? Why, why, why being born into that place in, in that cold, dark, you know, dungy place? Would, would he do that? It's, it's so that you and I can know that our Savior gets our pain. Did you know that you're drawn to people that understand your pain? You're drawn to people who can relate to your pain. Why do you think I'm friends with so many Mets fans? Right? You're drawn to people who understand your hurt. And Jesus is saying, I get it. I came so I could be tempted. So when you're tempted, I could say, I get it. I came so that my body would hurt, so that when your body hurts, I can tell you I understand. I, I came so that when somebody stabbed me in the back, I'd know what it feels like when they stab you in the back. When someone talks badly about you or falsely accuses you, I would understand what that's like. And so now you have a Savior saying, hey, come and eat. I understand what you've been through. Let me feed your soul. Let me give you what you couldn't find anywhere else. I understand your pain. You know, Oh Holy Night is the best song ever written. You can argue with me, but you're wrong. It says so in the Bible. It doesn't actually. But here is this song that we sing all the time. And one of the lyrics just jumped out at me recently. And it's these words, to our weakness, he is no stranger. To our weakness, he's no stranger. Here's this great and mighty God king, author of all things, speaks all things into existence, and he's no stranger to our pain, to our weakness, to our, to our struggles, to the day-to-day, -day and all the things that we shake our head at and wish were different. And so when we're tempted, he says, I know what that's like. And when we're hurting, I know what that's like. And when we've lost somebody, I know what that's like. 
You know, when I meet somebody who's been through something similar that I went through with my experience in the hospital last year, there's an instant connection with that person. I have a friend actually who lives down in Tennessee who went through something very similar to me and God spared his life in a very similar way. And we're able to relate to one another. We're able to understand one another's pain and also what God did in a powerful way. And so there's something special there. And Jesus wants to have that something special there with each of us. He wants us coming to him in the midst of the hardship and the pain. And so Jesus was faithful to fulfill the promises of God, but he was also faithful to relate to our pain. Everybody say snapshot three. Jesus was faithful to carry the weight of our sin. Let's fast forward a bit now. Jesus has come. Jesus has been arrested. He's been charged. He's been falsely accused. Uh, He's been beaten. He's been sentenced to die. And some of us are saying, what have you done for me, Jesus? What have you done for me, God? And here is the great news. He's done a billion things for you. But one of the things he's done for you is he's given his life. This was the unexpected mission. This is what surprised the Romans and the Jews and Jesus' own family and the disciples. It was this mission that he was on. And so let's look at this snapshot. In Matthew 27, the Jews misunderstood him. They falsely accused him and sentenced him to die. And here is the outcome. Matthew 27, 33. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They, were offered Je- they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Died for you. You know, I wonder when those Roman soldiers wrote the name Jesus on that sign to mock him, if they recognized they were writing Yahweh saves. On the sign that would hang above the Savior, the one who would give his life for you and me. This was the mission of Jesus. This is why he came. This is what he came to do. Now, it wouldn't help us all that much if he was only killed, but he also rose back from the dead, amen, to save you and me, to rescue us. And here's Christians, we just can't let this get old. Recently, my, my son Landon and I were watching a show that we've watched a trillion times, and my son Cave was like, I just cannot watch this anymore. I, ca- I can't handle it again. And so we turned the lady and the tramp off. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't there. But it was this show. And and sometimes, guys, as Christians, I think we can wrestle with the same thing. Like, I've just heard this so much. I I know, I know. I'm forgiven. Great. I'm forgiven. Jesus died for me. Awesome. He rose back from the dead. But, guys, we've got to stay excited about this. Recently, just going through a few things, and and I just came back to that simple truth, that, that, that revelation once again. Like, wait a minute. My sins are forgiven. Yes, all this garbage in my life is is happening and this pain and this hurt but but i'm forgiven and that's what jesus came to do that was his mission that's what surprised everybody and so carrying the weight of our sin and then rising from the dead we needed a savior who would rescue us who would defeat all of hell that was coming against us all of our sin and all of our shame and he removed that some of you are hearing that for the first time today that you're forgiven if you put your trust in jesus that there's a savior who came not just help you Jesus doesn't mean, let me assist you a little bit, right? No, it's Yahweh saves. God saves. Can we rest in that? Can we celebrate that here in this season? Jesus was faithful to fulfill the promises of God. Jesus was faithful to relate to your pain. But Jesus was faithful to carry the weight of your sin.
What does all this mean? What is Christmas yelling at you and me? Jesus is faithful. Times have been uncertain. Things have been unexpected. Jesus is faithful. But what about those promises? Where is he now? Oh, he's still the promise keeper. But what about my pain? Oh, he gets it. In fact, you and I don't get how much pain he experienced. But what about my sin? What's God done for me? Oh, he has removed it. As far as the east is from the west, which is an immeasurable amount. A few weeks ago, I was just at a point of just real desperation about some things, just some, some deep pain and some struggle. And I was just thinking about it. You know, your mind just kind of like rolls this stuff over and over and over again. And you're trying to figure out how to fix it, what to do, how to make something go away or something, you know, come or how can I fix this? And I just couldn't. And I literally started saying out loud, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And you guys are like, oh man, now he's talking to himself out loud. Things are getting scary. It's all right. They say that really intelligent people talk to themselves a lot. At least that's what I tell myself. He just got it. Thank you. All right. <laughs> I was hoping somebody would get it. John, you're the man. I love you, brother. You know, as we go through life, there are those moments. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. And it was just like the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and said, can I, you know, you know when you text somebody and then they exclamation point your text? You know what I mean? Like, yes, like, yes, that's so true. It was just like in that moment, like God exclamation point what I just said. I don't know what to do. Like, yeah, Doug, you don't know what to do. Can, can I help? Can we talk about this? Can you invite me into this issue that you're having right now? Can you bring it to me? Can we, can we come together on this? And I know that that's the faithful God. And so I, I began to uh, boldly and with some expectation really cry out to God, not because he needs my, my boldness or my emotion, but I was just broken and, and there was emotion in there. And so it came out. And you know those times where you, you sort of remember, oh, I should probably pray about this. And then you don't, or I should probably pray about this, and you do for like a minute or two. Oh, no, this was going to be like, oh, no, Lord, I need you. I'm going to bring this to you for real. Man, that we'd be a bunch of people who look to a faithful God at a really painful, uncertain time, full with all kinds of unexpected situations, and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I'm for real need you. Like, I'm not making this up. I'm not pretending. I'm not going to say it once. I'm not going to pray it without passion. I'm going to come to you and say, God, I need you, and I need your faithfulness. I don't know about you, I'm not a huge journaler. That's even hard to say. But when I journal once in a while, I, I, I often write down things that are painful. You know, I'm not writing like, oh, the sky was blue today. You know, like I'm writing like this really hurt and that was hard and this was difficult and that was painful. And I'll, maybe once a month or once every few weeks, I'll just write something down. And then I'll celebrate a few things and thank God. But overall, if you were to read through my journal, please don't, it would be kind of sad because I will write down those bads, those lows, and maybe it just helps me get them out a little bit. And you know, from about 2019 till now, I would write <clears throat> things here and there. And as I would write them, I would think, I never want to read this again. You know, like I just wrote it. Okay, let that be that, because I don't really want to read about this again, especially as I think about some of the hospital stuff that I wrote down. But about a month ago, I just opened up the journal and just went all the way back to the beginning and started to read through it. And I, and I read through horrible situations and hurtful situations and terrible things in the hospital and then good, you know, a few little good things peppered in. And as I, I read through it, I have to say, I, I really felt like I was going to come out on the other side of reading that just completely anxiety-ridden and fearful and sad. And it came, and instead, excuse me, instead, I came out 
incredibly joyful. Why? Because over the last two years, I read about thing after thing that God has been faithful to carry us through. I read about difficult situations that seemed like my whole world in 2019 that I haven't even thought about because God already freed me of that or helped me from that or helped me heal from a disappointment or a hurt or a wound or whatever it would be. And I just saw faithful, faithful, faithful. I was so encouraged. And it made me realize that all the stuff that feels like my whole world right now and just, who knows, a six months or a year from now won't be an issue anymore, won't be something I'm walking through. Or if I am still walking through that, I'll see the faithfulness of God walking right there with me. And I know the same is true for you. I know the same is true for you, that you could look back on those things and trust and understand and know that the Lord is walking with you, whether it's a promise that you need him to keep, or it's a pain you need him to relate to, or it's a sin you need him to carry on your behalf. You know, I showed you three snapshots today of Jesus, and there's a fourth one, and I don't have a physical picture to show you right now, but Here's the snapshot. It's this room. It's this room. Snapshot four for today is is you. It's you watching online. It's your life. Because God sees it. Snapshots one, two, and three were really important for today. but, But snapshot four is on the heart of God right now. It's where you're sitting. It's what you're walking through. It's the pain you're experiencing. It's the loss you've incurred. It's the uncertainty about the future. And there's a faithful, promise-keeping God who relates to your pain, who has carried your sin, who wants to walk through all that with you. And so my encouragement for you today is will you, like me in that moment when he sort of tapped me on the shoulder, say, Lord, here's my stuff. Lord, Christmas shouts your faithfulness. The name of Jesus means Yahweh is salvation. The God of the Israelites, rescuer, savior, deliverer. Jesus, here's my stuff. Lord, you are faithful to know what I'm walking through and you are faithful to carry the weight of my sin. And so what could I bring to you that would be too much? What could I bring to you, Lord, that would be too heavy? God, here I am. And I'm come to you, Lord. And I'm gonna trust you with what I'm walking through. If you do that, here's what'll happen. A faithful God will meet you. I don't know if it'll be today. I don't know if it'll be the answer you want. I don't know how that will all play out, but I can guarantee this. If you were to journal what you're walking through today, in six months or a year or two years, you could read back, and I think you'd be encouraged. I think you'd see that the faithfulness of God has carried you through that. I think that you'd see that he's walked with you in such a special way. Why come, Jesus, as a little baby? Why relate to my pain? So you'll come eat. And so you'll come near, and you'll get what you need for your soul. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd love for you to think about praying today and putting your trust in him. I'd love for you to think about asking him to be your savior. But if you are a follower of Jesus, I pray that we could together go to him, and we could lay at his feet, maybe at the manger today, and just say, Lord, you've come for this. You've come that I would know you. You've come that you would... Deliver me from X, Y, and Z. You've come, Lord, to carry me. And I thank you so much that there is love in your eyes because you've walked in my pain and you know what I feel. That's one of my favorite things about Jesus is that love in his eyes because he just simply understands. Jesus is faithful. Let's pray. Lord, you're good to us.
And God, we need your help right now. There's many things we're going through and many things we're walking through. We just need you. I just encourage you here in the room and watching online, don't tune my voice out. I encourage you to, to walk with me here for a minute. Can we just pray through some of the things we talked through today? Can we start at the fact that God's a promise keeper? I want you to grab a hold of a promise you need right now. I want you to just go to Jesus and say, God, I need this promise that, Lord, you will never leave me or forsake me. I just need to know that right now. Jesus, you've promised that nothing can separate me from your love. I just need to know that right now. I'm going to cling to that promise. Lord, you've promised to provide. You've promised to heal up the brokenhearted. What promise do you need to cling to? Because he's still a promise keeper. And then what pain do you need to know that he identifies with right now? Jesus, I thank you that you know what it's like to lose somebody that I love. I thank you that it's no, you know what it's like to, to have my body hurting so badly. God, I thank you, you know, Jesus, what it is to have been abandoned. And then lastly, can we just say, Jesus, thank you that your mission, this unexpected mission was to carry the weight of my sin. Thank you that you've done this for me and that I'm yours. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd love for you to pray now and to put your trust in him. You could just say something like this. Jesus, forgive me for all that I've done. And I thank you that this is a gift that you are Yeshua, Yahweh saves. Rescuer, deliverer. Forgive me for all I've done. Show me who you are. And I thank you that I'm yours in your name.